0: Good afternoon guys, Tavi here. Um I first just wanna say that <laughs> it is so beautiful in LA right now. I feel like it's maybe 70 or so degrees and we're in February and it's just so beautiful and I'm walking from Planet Fitness by the airport and I have this thing where I always, whenever an airplane is flying into land at the airport, I always find myself trying to stand directly underneath the plane as it flies over the fence. That's just how close I am, okay? I always envision like that scene from Kevin Hart's movie. uh, What was it? Soul Plane? Is that what it's called? Soul Plane, I think. Um, When the plane was flying over their yard, they, I think they were out there with, um, dealing with clothes or whatever, like hanging clothes up on the clothesline. line. did even I even have clotheslines, by the way? Is that still a thing? No? Okay, <laughs> anyways, but yeah. So I use those moments and I always reflect that even like when me and Michael are walking by, if a plane is flying in or if a, if a plane is departing, I always say, Michael, where are we going? Or Michael, where are we coming from? Uh, or from by myself, I always say, okay, just came from You know, South Africa, I'm about to fly out to Mali, Bali. I'm just like all over the place right now. I'm so excited. But I just wanted to share that. And that's just kind of like my little inner child moment. But I want to thank you guys for just rocking with me, listening to the podcast. And, you know, again, this is just a way for me kind of to like verbally journal how I feel internally and just kind of put it out there. And in this particular podcast, it's a matter of me sharing my story, um, a little bit of background of, you know, where I came from and things like that. And, you know, also to just get an insight of our stories, I think it it is pretty good one to be able to just be very transparent and tell your story. And not in a sense of looking for sympathy or things like that or to use it as a way of being a victim. That's in no way am I doing that. You know, I think that there's another individual who share similar situations or may not the, may not be the exact thing, but, you know, have some type of relation with that, especially as a young gay black male here in the United States, okay? So, um, a little bit about me, you know, I grew up in Eatonton, Georgia, a small town, maybe estimation of around 6,000 people, 6,100, something like that. Um, very small dairy town. I mean, actually, we used to have what was called Dairy Festival every summer in June, which was popping, by the way, parades, you know, a lot of things. We'd meet up at the courthouse and stuff like that. It it used to be a whole, like, theme, okay? It used to be hot as heck out there because it's June, summertime, but it was cute. Um, But as I got older, I was like, child, no. But, um, yeah, so I grew up. I was typically spent a good amount of my time, my years growing up in uh, the projects um, where I was kind of like around other kids, of course, you know, the projects. And that for me was a moment. I think that was a defining moment. It, it, it changed my life in a sense. And I say that because um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah, I grew up in the projects. Um, I experienced... I, I don't know exactly when, maybe around when I was eight years old was when I began to experience bullying. And at the time, I didn't think about, you know, bullying as what it was, bullying. You know, typically in my mind, bullying is if you're, like, fighting someone and things like that. And never, there was never really a moment where I got into a fight with people. I maybe have gotten into maybe, like, two fights and all in, in my entire life, I got beat up once. <laughs> I never admitted that out loud, but here I am on the podcast. Yes, I got beat up once. I think I was on a school bus or whatever. Like, I tried to say something slick to somebody because they were talking about me, and I called myself trying to run onto the bus, thinking that I would like escape the situation. I'm not gonna say the names, but um, nope, that didn't work. He ended up coming on the bus. We got into a fight, but I felt like I was like blocked into a seat. So you know, yeah. I'll take that loss, and it's okay. Um, But, yeah, so I experienced a lot of bullying verbally. Um, You know, that was around the time when the words gay, faggot, sissy, and all that stuff just started to, like, pop up from everybody's mouths, you know. And it wasn't just people my age, you know. It was people that were older than me, you know, around my sister's age. It was adults, you know, male and female, women, men. there are even moments where, you know, even my great uncles, I've had situations or experiences where, you know, they they I've been I've been called those things from them as well. And, you know, as a child, when you're young, especially when you're like eight years old, you don't know what gay is. You don't know what faggot, sissy and all that stuff is. You're You're a child. So you are this very authentic being. Cause that's the time when you're just like expressing yourself. You're just being yourself. You have so much personality. Everything is fun to you, and you know you start to be associated with these certain words and stuff like that. And you don't know what it means, but over time, you get to you begin to hear them more and more. And I mean, it it, it became a a daily thing for me, honestly. Um, and it, it was to a point where. Growing up, I didn't even like to really leave my house as much. Now, I would still go across the street because my best friend, Brittany and Jasmine, they all, like, basically live, like, next door. So those were pr- pretty much the only places I would go um in my neighborhood. And, you know, even then, you know, I never, I never got these things from my friends, of course. But, you know, there were always people, especially particularly guys around our age that hung around us Or hung around in our um, in our neighborhood, who may not have lived there, but they were there. Um, I used to always hear these things, you know, all the time, and it got to a point where I realized I began to like shut down internally, and I got into a situation where I just wanted to like hide myself, and I began to like blend in so that you know I didn't stand out or I didn't do anything too noticeable because. I was afraid of being called gay. I didn't want to be called gay. I didn't want to experience that. But I still hung around, you know, my friends and things like that. But I didn't have a voice. And I didn't use my voice. I didn't exercise my voice in in a very constructive way. Mainly because I never learned how to do that. And I know some people can be like, well, you know, just fight and, you know, beat their ass and blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, you could have did something. But when you're young and you're being exposed to things that you have no idea about at a very young age, and you have no way of communicating or expressing that to anyone, what do you do, you know? Like, what do you learn to do? What are you going to get that information from? What are you going to get those tools and those skills from? And my family, we were never really the most openly expressive family. Family, we didn't really talk about our feelings, or our emotions a lot. Um So, of course, I never really spoke to, like, my mom or my aunt or my grandmother or anyone about this or my sister. Um And because I didn't know how and I didn't know what to say and I didn't want to be judged. You know, I grew up in a very, like, Christian household. Well, you know, my, gr- my grandmother, she, she was heavily involved in the church and I love her so much. I miss her, like, every day. That lady lives within me. I just want to say that. But... You know, and it's not to say that she was going to outcast me or anything. You know, I I don't know those things. I don't think she was my grandmother. But she had a, pure, a very pure heart. And I think at the end of the day, she would have loved me no matter what. Even if she didn't understand or if she didn't agree with it. But at that time as a child, <laughs> um yeah, no, I'm not going to say anything. So I suppressed everything. Um And of course, with me not really having my father around and things like that. You know, I realized that it caused a lot of emotional turmoil for me personally. Um, And then I'm talking about this. I'm just like, okay, so when did I become so angry? Like, why did I get so, like, angry or so isolated and I never wanted to be around anybody? And I'm just like, you know, it's because, like, I was, like, verbally abused so much to where... I closed myself like I closed myself into this personal space of where I just wanted to be alone because when I was alone I was just able to just be me without having to hide myself from anyone whether that be family or friends at this point um I mean this is something that kept could continue to go on from like eight years old even up until I graduated high school you know and hell probably even after like I went to college and things like that but I got into a space where I just did not care about it but yeah so this is just an ongoing thing for me and I don't think I ever got to a point where I just like really cried about it or whatever I uh, uh, I think I just kind of like began to channel my feelings in a different way you know being mean to my little cousins and you know never wanting anyone in my space and things like that because like my space was just that my space and with my space i didn't have to worry about having to hide who i was and i'm pretty sure there are some people who may not have experienced exactly what i've experienced but have some type of similarity um it's rough you know especially growing up in an environment where there are you you know you don't really see like gay men you know in 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 your environment especially in a much accepting um space um whenever you heard about especially when i was young whenever you heard about gay you heard about like aids and stuff like that <laughs> i'm just like whoa um what's that gonna die okay um, yeah but at the same time i'm not gonna make an excuse for many people a lot of times it, it, ignorance is bliss, yes. Sometimes you don't, when you don't have the proper education and knowledge, you go with what you know. Um, that's why I, for me, I'm a stickler of always wanting to get the information, research information for myself, uh, because I don't want to just always have to heavily rely on someone else to tell me something. Yeah, I don't want to just have to rely on someone else to. Just tell me something and take their word for it. Not saying I don't trust, but facts are important. And (laughs) I need to know that whatever it is that I speak on, I know it for myself so that I can, you know, give it back. But, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, my situation as far as, you know, growing up in an environment where, honestly, at the time, I didn't really think about low class, middle class and all of that stuff, you know, class status wasn't a thing for me. Um, now, as I get older and I realize, you know, based off of the United States, uh, our country's expectations or whatever, um, I definitely grew up in a very, like, low-class environment. And But at the time, I didn't think about that because I had all of the essentials that I needed, you know, my family, my mom, let me say that, my mom, my grandmother, my aunties, my grandfather provided everything that I needed, you know? So, I, and I text, I talked to my grandfather a while ago and my mom just about, you know, thanking them for providing me with the essentials, you know? Because uh, that's what's important and that's what has allowed me to move from Eatonton to Atlanta, from Atlanta to Los Angeles because I had a foundation that was already set in place for me uh, from my environment. So I'm very thankful and fortunate to have such a wonderful family. Um, but yeah, so I think it's one of those things also, it's just so crazy because I never really talk about this, but I think that in a sense, you know, I feel like parents always know, like I'm sure my mom had ideas. Um, I'm sure my grandmother had ideas. Um, there's this one time actually when I had came home from college and I never, I never told anybody this, this is so crazy, but I had... My grandmother and I never talked about sex or anything like that, you know, like, uh, no. Um, it's interesting when I say my grandmother, I just always envision when I used to lay underneath her reclining chair while we would watch The Golden Girls. That Like, that was our thing, but some of the memories. Um, but she talked about, I mean, one time we were standing in the kitchen, and, you know, this was around a time I had just, I had been experienced, exposed to, introduced to, sex in college um, because I didn't lose my virginity until college. Um, But anyways, I had went home and you know, I was like, you know, I think I want to go get tested. And it wasn't because I was having unprotected sex or anything. No, I, I definitely practiced safe sex. I was just still very new to the lifestyle. So even with protection, I was still kind of a little hesitant. And so... I told her that, and I told her, you know, I wanted to go get tested for, like, HIV and stuff like that, and, you know, I was expecting this, like, outrage of a situation or whatever, but um, she was just, like, calmly, she was just like, okay, and things like that, she said, we'll go do it, and that was kind of it, you know, I really didn't even go into further detail about it or whatever, But, yeah, I mean, we kind of left it at that. She didn't ask any additional questions and things like that, but she was very on board. Um, Now, granted, we never went to go. I I ended up going when I went back to Atlanta. And, of course, um, there's this one time where at at the time, my friend Sean, he was living in somewhere near Warner Robins. I think it was Warner Robins or close to Warner Robins. And I had, he ended up driving from Warner Robins all the way to Eatonton to pick me up. And I think Warner Robins has to be at least an hour away from Eatonton. And so I was at my grandmother's house and she was like, you know, why is he coming to pick you up? Like, who drives that far to come pick you up? Like, he must have liked you or something. And I was just like, no. Like, I just immediately was like, no, like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> Calm down, sis. Let me ask me these questions. Now, granted, I don't think Sean liked me, you know, he was a cool friend, but I think it was those moments like that where I knew that she had an idea. Granted, we never talked about it, Um, but part of me knows that she knew. And part of me also feels like, wish I could have, you know, been able to just have that conversation with her um, before she transitioned. But nonetheless, I know that the love was there and she loved me. Darely, and I loved her just as much um but even with those things like that i I needed I needed that um growing up in in my environment and things like that Cause it it wasn't easy it wasn't always easy, especially having to mask my feelings and my emotions, and you know my sisters probably didn't know what was my sister probably didn't know what was going on, my mom definitely didn't know what was going on, but I knew. Um, I may have said some things from time to time from to my cousin Shiderika because used, she used to go at it. She would fight hard for me, okay? And I love her for that. Um, but it was always something that, you know, ate away at me. And I think that as time progressed, I realized that that same, um, it, it, it continued. You know, I ended up moving to Atlanta and, you know, there was this sense of insecurity and fear of being authentic. And, oh, when I was first exposed to just like, um, just Atlanta. Now you've been to Atlanta, you know what Atlanta is like, okay? Gay Central. Honey. Um, and I was just so overwhelmed. I was so overwhelmed when I went to Atlanta and I was just like, Wow, like I didn't want to be associated with like any gay people because there, I I was afraid that if I was exposed to that then I will be exposed. So I was still trying to hold on to this image that I had tried to like build from my environment. And that kind of like lasted for a while. Um, And even as I transitioned into like, you know, dance, I first was introduced to dance while I was in college. And I started going to the studio and, you know, I was reminded by, you know, so many people and the stigma behind like how men should be men and you know you shouldn't be you know feminine and things like that because don't nobody want that and it it just kind of like triggered that all over again so even as I began to like train professionally um that was still very much so playing in my mind and just kind of like triggered that all over again and you know so I have been going through this whole self-exploratory phase for the past couple of months and things like that where i'm trying to really get an understanding of self and i I used to say that i'm trying to discover myself but my self is already here i'm basically doing the work now of going back to revisit past account of situations and really get an understanding of how is that affecting me presently um so i'm evolving and with doing that i went to an audition and you know i realized in the auditions during the audition process that i don't trust myself enough to just be myself and let that be okay and i was like well why Tavius do you feel that way why do you feel like you're still you don't trust yourself enough and i realized that the answer that came to me was that i am still holding on to an expectation I am still holding on to this idea of how I think someone expect me to be, and that has come from and that derives from when I was in my environment, from being in my environment of trying to blend in and you know trying to give off this this demeanor because I feel like this is what people expect of me, so that people wouldn't talk about me and. I spent a lot of time blending in then so I realized that even now at times like I found myself trying to blend in uh, in an environment and do what they I feel they expect rather than just doing what the hell I want to do or how I feel and if it does not work then okay that's fine it does not work for this but this is not the end all be all okay um, because at the end of the day I want to leave everything any situation knowing that and Tavius was 100% himself authentically. And if it's not that, then that means that it is not for me. And so I realized that, oh, there's still some work that needs to be done. You know, there's still some things that need to be released. And that's what I've kind of been doing um, as of lately, just trying to get to the root of that and ask myself, like, okay, well, how can you start doing that more? How can you release that more? And, you know, for the most part, I've just been taking more time to myself, honestly, you know, and I I thank God for having a wonderful partner who's been very understanding of that. But taking time to myself and just understanding my body, understanding myself more, getting to know me a lot more um, on a greater scale um, outside of dance, honestly, you know, dance and very much so as of lately outside of dance because I feel like there's a lot more work that needs to be done on my behalf outside of dance first Um, but of course also very focused on what i also need to do to release that you know within my craft as well so you know i think that it even goes back to when i first started like talking to michael you know i had this expectation of masculine and feminine Top and bottom. Oh, you can't, you can't be masculine and do this. Oh, if you're too feminine, I don't want you, and things like that. And it's just like, you know, who created all of these expectations or these standards? I think a lot of it is derived from people not really, truly being 100% comfortable in accepting of themselves. Because when you when you are aware of yourself and you understand yourself, you realize that every being on this earth possess both feminine and masculine qualities. Everybody. Your masculine qualities are more your your freedom, your, your willingness to explore and, you know, venture out and your purpose. And your feminine essence is more of your nurturing, your caring, your compassion. So we all possess these things. So who is to say that you have to be a top or you have to be a bottom. You have to be masculine, you have to be feminine. No, that you need to take a look within yourself first and ask yourself, why do you feel like that has to be the case? And I almost allowed that to dictate whether or not, whether or not I chose to speak, talk to Michael. And we had this conversation with, a couple of days ago, uh, we were talking about this photo shoot that he did with his best friend, Najar, And he had like these, um, he's probably going to kill me for talking about this, but had um these like colorful I think like underwear and like you know these like candy stuff on his lips and all of that stuff and when I first was introduced to that picture I was just like oh no like I can't this is too zesty honey I, I can't I can't be a part of this um and I almost and that that was coming that was me prejudging that was me judging and assuming that he was a certain way because of that photo um and i realized that that was more so really an insecurity within myself like i wasn't comfortable with myself i wasn't comfortable being able to truly embrace and accept my masculine essence and i dang sure wasn't comfortable to accept my feminine essence as well so you know I had to get to a point of understanding myself. He didn't do anything wrong. He was just being himself. So why am I now saying that this is a problem? No, the problem is inward. And I feel like a lot of times we choose not to really do the work within ourselves. You know, whenever there's an issue, whenever we feel like we have an issue with somebody or when someone is not what we expect them to be, that falls back on us because there's something in ourself that we're lacking. And we have to do the work internally to ask ourselves why. Why does that bother me or why do I expect this of him? What about myself that I'm not giving myself enough of for me to want to expect that from someone else? And that's kind of what I've been doing lately with a lot of things. Um, And that's something that we all as people have to start doing because we put too many expectations on other people. We dang sure put a lot of expectations on ourselves, but we put a lot of expectations on other people. When in reality, a lot of those expectations really stem from something within internally that we are lacking or that we're not giving ourselves so um i can go on and on about this story but this is just a little bit of insight of my story um so that i can kind of introduce myself and also be able to just share a little bit about me um and of course again i say that i'm using this as a verbal journal journal for myself but at the same time There are so many of us out here who are afraid to tell their stories or feel like no one wants to hear it or they will not be heard or they want to know what's the point. But a lot of times, us holding on to things doesn't really set us free. You know, we've become a prisoner of our past. We've become a prisoner of our trauma. And life does not have to be that way. And it can be scary. It dang sure can be scary. But at the end of the day, you have the ability to free yourself from anything or any wrong someone has done to you in the past. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. And if you need, you know, someone to assist you or guide you, you know, of course I'm here. And if you feel like you need to seek professional assistance, that is fine as well. There's never anything wrong with seeking professional assistance to help you become your higher self. And that's why I choose to create this platform. One for myself is a, is a way for me to be accountable of my word and be impeccable with my word, but also so that I can go back and listen to these things as well whenever I'm having a moment and I have to remind myself like, oh, okay, you know who you are. Step back into your power. Step into your essence and be truly who you were meant to be what you were brought here to do and brought here to be and that's exactly what i want everyone else who's listening to this and everyone who is affiliated with you and who's affiliated with them so that we can get across this world to be able to step into their higher power their higher essence their higher self and you know a lot of times it comes with doing the work so hello everyone my name is NTVS chavez ellison <laughs> and this is a little bit of my story. I hope you guys enjoyed me. And if you like what you hear, please feel free to comment, like, share. You know, um, I'm not opposed to reviews either. Um, but yeah, but, all, but at the end of the day, if you take anything away from this, I'm happy for I'm I'm content with that. And I just thank you for giving me the chance to even be able to use this uh, medium as a way of just expressing myself and just telling my truth. So I hope you all have a wonderful week. I love you all. You're all amazing. And you can find me on social media at Tavi Ellison, T-A-V-I-E-L-L-I-S-O-N. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to message me. Yeah.